you ever think we talk this much of pizza? Yes. <laughs> On a free show. Welcome to Dunstan Checks Men. This is the show where we watch the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute, and we pair each minute with a feature film yeah. to complement it. Yeah. I'm Emily Monkeytown. I'm Andrew Lindy. You really threw me for a loop there. You, you've adapted your, your I've full I've decided name. to recommit oh, okay. to the joke name that I used only in the first episode and then never since. Yeah. But then someone, uh, shout out to Carrie Griffin. She tweeted it at me. And at first I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> and then I re-listened to our episode and I remembered. Yeah. And uh, I've decided to recommit myself to that bit. Um, from henceforth, I will be known as Emily Monkey Town. Okay, then. You can be Lord Andrew if you want. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that was that was a joke name. Yeah. I don't know if I... You don't want to fully... You don't want to give give up the ring for 86 episodes or however many left we have? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see We'll see what I, what I decide by the next time. Well, I am Emily Monkey Town uh, going forward. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about Minute 7. Minute 7. Of yes. Dunstan Checks In. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You you paired it with You Lucky Dog, the which, 1998 Disney Channel original film starring Kirk Cameron. Yeah. So I'll let you decide when we talk about that film. <laughs> sure. Uh, but let's just start off in the minute. Uh, it is uh, finishing off um, Jason Alexander. I got a cramp in my knee during recording and it hurt <laughs> a lot. That's a whole lot of physical pain. You okay? That hurt like shit. We're going to have to stop. <laughs> that yell was involuntary. <laughs> no, you, you you get cramp in your knee. You just straighten out it, go away, but it hurts mm. in the moment. Okay. Uh, uh, Jason Alexander's character yeah. is uh, finishing off his kind of apology, you know, fix him up to... Um, Mr. Spaulding. Mr. Spaulding. Lionel Spaulding. Lionel Spaulding. Uh, and he's saying, uh, he's giving he's giving him a card, yes. and he says, this is for Dr. Soltanoff. Mm-hmm. who's a pet psychologist. Now, this is the sole reason I chose the film, You Lucky Dog, <laughs> as you may have guessed. Yeah, it really happens quick here. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about the idea of a pet psychologist? Okay. I feel like that was one of those go-to jokes that people of the 90s would, would go to to make fun of, like, sensitive liberals. Oh. Was the idea of having a pet psychologist. It was, like, up there with, like, lattes and safe spaces or, or what they are now. The thing that... Yoga. Uh, Yoga. Before safe spaces, it was yoga. Yoga was also one of them. I would, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the things that you you want to use if you want to if you want to own the libs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes I I would say as as you said lattes. Mm-hmm. It was sometimes in a film, and it really went on for a long time, longer than I think it should have in film. Yeah, is it, it was an older character sure. going into a coffee shop and saying, "What's up with this?" Yeah, and it's it's coffee. Like, yeah, well, it's it's calm fine. down. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm it's, it, that was I think such a such a culture idea that mm. it would show up in jokes like in Dustin checks in yeah. or it would show up in as the whole premise of a film like sure. you lucky dog, yeah. which I think we should talk about now. Yeah. I'm pulling the you lucky dog. <laughs> I'm playing my you lucky dog card. <laughs> well, now here's something I want to get right off the bat and say, sure. As, as you know, mm-hmm. the one area where I'm a much bigger Disney fan than you mm-hmm. is Disney channel original movies. Yeah, this is for sure. It's the only real area which I have any kind of loyalty to Disney. Uh, otherwise, I'm not so much a fan of theirs. And as a sort of ambassador from Disney Channel original movies to you, mm-hmm. I would like to apologize. Oh. Because <laughs> I started you off with maybe the worst one. According to, there was a ranked list online 
from uh, some well-known publication where they did put it as number 100, yeah. the worst yeah. Disney Channel original film. You Lucky Dog is not a good movie. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, I am a little mad that I had to watch it. Because I'm going to tell you, it really... I think it's worth watching. It, But it's not good. It's pretty wild right from minute... Some from second one, yeah, because it starts off introducing the idea that this kid mm-hmm. was able to psychically communicate with dogs. Well, with his dog. Okay, I I felt it was implied that it was maybe more than his. Only dog. his. Well, to start, it's only his dog. I yeah. think by the end, it's all dogs. <laughs> but then they start with that, and then they see that he is a pet psychologist, mm-hmm. but he has lost the gift. He's lost the gift, so he's lying to his clients. He's a so, con man. Well, I thought he was a con man from the get go, and then he has a part, a scene where he says, "Like, man, I had it once," and I'm like, well, yeah. "What the he's damn just sort hell of... is this <laughs> fucking movie?" Yeah. So the movie starts with like a montage of pictures of a of a a, a, a little boy, Kirk Cameron, which is disturbing to see the way that they've de-aged him. I don't think they de-aged him. I think those were actual pictures of him young. Uh, it just didn't it? Didn't look right because he was a child actor. That, that those the hair they... looked super wrong. That was my biggest problem. I think you just have an issue with how Kirk Cameron. Cameron looked as a child, which is mm, fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we see these things clever slippings. Uh, one of them, I will say, maybe the only legitimately good joke is mm. there was a newspaper headline in the opening montage <laughs> to demonstrate his gift. The headline was just a quote from him. He's thinking of a juicy bone. Oh, yeah. That's very good. I didn't think that was funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was very funny to me. I um, I don't know. I Because I got really... <sighs> This movie took me on a ride and I couldn't, I can't even verbalize fully what, what annoys me the most about it. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's this thing that happens with, and it, it's, I'm, I'm almost certain it happened in another Disney channel original film, mm-hmm. but it happened in several mainstream Disney films of people acting like dogs yes. without, yes. without a lot of this was a big control over for it. For sure. Where it's suddenly they have to scratch the back of their well, to ear. Give you, so the, we haven't got to that part of the premise. Oh, it's, so, oh Kirk Cameron can psychically connect with his dog and then he is conning uh, people out of their money until he meets a dog with, oh, he can psychically connect, connect with this dog again yeah. for the first time in his well, adult life. And then the, the owner the, of the dog dies yeah. and leaves all of his, his rich He's released his entire... $64 million. Yes. And a mansion. Entire fortune to the dog. And Uncle Phil. Yes. What is that actor's name? James Avery. He's very good. James Avery's so good. And He's it a is, bright spot in this film. It's kind of a bummer that to see that this is where he ended up post Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Um, but uh, leaves it to the dog with Kirk Cameron as the sort of interpreter mm. of, the, of the dog's wishes. Yeah. And then it's at this point in the film that we learn also... That when the dog, when Lucky is the dog's name, yeah, very inspired. When Lucky gets too excited, uh-huh. um, he, his his personality and Kirk Cameron's become one. I guess that's a way to say it. Yeah, because it really it's like the dog takes him over, but also still is the dog. It's yeah. not like they body swap. They're just both doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Although sometimes not exactly the same. Sometimes it's just a similar movement. Yeah. In a different space. Yeah. Like but also the, Kirk, the dog Kirk Cameron can speak in full human English sentences, but it's what the dog is. It's saying. what the dog is saying. Yeah. Yes, that is how that works. And the dog, when he speaks as the dog, he has <laughs> some kind so of stupid. a you can see New why York I accent love it in a sense, right? Well, I think what he's doing, he's just supposed to be. He's like. The caricature they're going for is like a gruff, tough guy, which yeah. manifests itself as New York. That is exactly what that, that is <laughs> yeah. exactly the voice Kirk Cameron was doing. Yeah. Um, this all I also think is one of Kirk Cameron's last secular roles before he uh, 
became interested in the way of the master. I guess. Which is what he calls his sort of Christian living program. You think, is, could that be accurate? Because he, his wife is in the film. Yes. As his love interest. Yes. So that to me was a red flag. Mm-hmm. Because I, what I know besides Kirk Cameron being a born again Christian mm-hmm. and maybe a little obnoxious about it. I'm going to say a lot of noxious. Okay. I'm going to say fully fuck him. Like he, he's okay, the good. kind of Christian that doesn't I'm like women or gay people. Very glad you're on. I figured you would be on. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that they, he, he did a firefighter film yes. a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where. Uh, oh, he in, was deep in it at that point. Well, yeah, but that was where I read the headline first, yeah. where it's basically any time in a film where he needs to kiss his co-star, <laughs> his wife will step in and they will dress her as the co-star and either <laughs> do the scene from her back so they can't tell it's a different person. What a silly man. Or in silhouette. Yeah. Or at a distance or something. Yeah. And that's honestly the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes, it is. Coming from an actor. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go to his IMDb to, to see if I can trace when he started making Christian movies. Okay, because because I I mean I've heard about his recent Christian offerings, which are are little more than not much of a story, uh, followed by him preaching and just maybe having fun. Apparently, he had a show after Growing Pains called Kirk. Called Kirk. Mm-hmm. I did not know about this. Yeah, his his wife was also on this. <laughs> the computer that wore tennis shoes, of course, and a classic of his. Yeah. Oh yeah. So literally. Um, Literally after, do you know what his... Well, he was, he was the new Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was in those Disney films yeah, yeah. of yore, and then he just took over all those roles. I'm going to say that I fucking nailed this, because yeah. You Lucky Dog, 1998, do you yeah. know what his next movie after that was? What was it? It's called The Birth of Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's pretty clear. He played Uncle Kirk in The Birth of mm, Jesus. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones where I he think, had fun. Well, I think that, no, I think, I think if I had to guess, I would say it's like a, a Peter Falk in Princess Bride type role. Oh, okay. I think it's he's probably presenting the birth of Jesus as a story. Sure. Um, and then after that, <sighs> after that, he did come back for one episode of the wonderful world of Disney as Mike Seaver, his character from growing pains, which is interesting. He, yeah, he, he came back for two reunions at least of, of growing pains. I was reading. Yeah. Um, and then after that was left behind the pre Nicholas cage version. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively Christian movies. After wow. That. I like that you mentioned the Nicholas cage version as if anyone knows about it. Course, I feel like everyone it, knows about it. I feel Nicolas like it cage left everyone's of, consciousness. Oh, not mine, baby. The year after it came out. <laughs> not mine, baby. I think baby. it came out in 2015 or 16. Uh, I think that's too recent. I think it was more like 2013, 2014, but it faded fast. Um, it's not very good. Have you seen it? No, it's 2014. It's not good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of curious to see what the the Kirk Cameron version looks like. I, I also do that. feel bad that I am just calling Kirk Cameron's wife his wife. I do not remember her yeah, name. I don't either. But I thought she was very good in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> I thought she was better than Kirk Cameron. Oh, sure. I mean, when Kirk... you rank everyone in the film, oh, sure. James Avery's number one. James Avery's number one for the sure. The dog is number two. The dog was named... Oh, shoot. I can't remember the dog's name. It had some crazy name like... Toxo or something. <laughs> That's great. I'm not joking. It was really, it was like Bongo. I would say Taylor Negron was number three. Oh, okay. And he was, I would say, least utilized of the three villain characters. Yes. And then I, I thought your favorite villain would be... John Delancey, from, yeah. a.k.a. Q from Star Trek. <laughs> I thought he was very good. He was good. But I, I don't know. The, uh, um, I, there's something I liked about Taylor Negron's sort of disinterested stupidity that he brought to the character. Yeah. Um, very good. Oh, and did you recognize their lawyer, the evil, pe- the villain's lawyer? He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. Oh, uh, he was. Um, what was his actual name uh, in the in the Gilmore Girls episode where L- Rory and Lorelai want to learn about the college, and so they go uh, and talk with what was this? It was John Springsteen. It was something like, like that. Yeah, it was where Lorelai could say, "Oh, you ever talked to Bruce?" Yeah. <laughs> Make jokes about that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really jarring when I 
found that fact. Yeah. And uh, then in the court scene where he's yelling at a dog. It's really... Speaking of Gilmore Girls, <laughs> sure. big shout out to Rob Hansen, a.k.a. Sigma Lives. Sigma Lives or Sigma Lives, I've never known, mm-hmm. on Twitter. It's Lives. Um, for uh, taking an idea that we had and making it a reality. I don't remember how we got to the point where we were uh, requesting uh, art of Richard Gilmore as Goku, but someone made it, and, and God bless you, Rob Hansen. It was a question that. that you posed where it was, what character would would dress as a what character? what character from Gilmore Girls would dress up as a character from Dragon Ball first. That's right. And uh, and then you, you said you just wanted to get to the point where Richard Gilmore Richard Gilmore's Goku. wearing that orange gi. Orange gi. Yes. Thank so you, Rob, for making that. That was, really, that was really your doing, um, I'll say. Something I want to talk about in New Lucky Dog. I've never seen a movie where the... The, the protagonist mm-hmm. was written to so aggressively avoid any type of characterization. <laughs> he was just such a nothing person in the film. Yeah, especially because you start with him being a con man. But they don't really commit to that. No. Like, he becomes a good guy pretty much immediately. Yeah. <laughs> a good guy who just wants to protect Lucky almost immediately. Yeah, I... I... <sighs> he has no arc. He learns no lesson. Well, and even when they get to the end and the dog as... As yes, as Cameron is speaking as the dog. Yeah, he, he describes says, his problem in life is like he's maybe a little boring, which yeah. I guess is accurate. <laughs> but on a sort of meta level, that's the well, he said like he needs to enjoy life or yeah. something. And I was like, I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> he yeah. seemed to be having a great time. Yeah, the, he, well, he, the dog gives him impassion. It's very. <laughs> you read about people who say like, you know, Jim Davis just sat down to make Garfield the most relatable strip ever not nothing to do with like comedy it feels like that sort of writing mm. where it's just like like yeah this like this we're gonna have this big end speech which is just about enjoying the fine of things in life the the taste of a good bone the <laughs> the sound of a can opener mm. <laughs> like it's so crazy how like just it's sort of broadly cute it's supposed to be yeah with with the movie has zero point of view on any topic it really doesn't um it's not a good movie, but it's one that I remember watching <laughs> as a child. Um, and unlike Punks, which I, you know, we talked about Punks when I when I was watching that. I got very, like, very vivid memories of watching this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember being a fan of You Lucky Dog as a kid. I couldn't place a single one of these scenes. None of them stood out as something I remember watching as a kid. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a rough watch. I'll also say that in... in just looking for information on you lucky dog. Mm-hmm. I came across that there is a 2010 lifetime film. Yes. When I was trying to find a viewable copy of you lucky dog, I happened upon many copies of that lifetime film first. And let me tell you, I read the description of that one mm-hmm. and that's a, there's something going on in that. Shall, yeah. shall I? Yeah, please because do. I, I, I tried to understand what was going on and it seems to be about the purchase of a sheep dog. Mm-hmm. But uh, someone, whoever wrote the IMDb description, gave up at the end. So okay. let me, let me really. Um, I'm just going to skip to more than halfway through the description on IMDb. Good. Um, so the the sheepdog is named Lucky, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's character names like Clay and Jim and Don. Sure. I'm, I'm giving you some context clues here. Uh, and and there's a, a woman named Lisa. So mm-hmm. it says she forces Clay to allow adopting a sheepdog, which Jim considered too expensive. Young Lucky, who was dumped at the pond, which nature devoted Ma used to help run with veterinarian Don, who soon becomes Jesus. more than friends with her. Lucky proves talented as the siblings train her until storm causing a forest fire makes her a canine but temporary disabled hero. Truth time approaches for everyone. Truth time. 
truth time approaches for everyone. That's the last line in the description. Oh my God. And it feels ominous, right? It really does. I'm going to tell you, even until Storm Causing this, a Forest Fire this feels one ominous. As, as, our, as our pair for, the, for another movie. It's really, it feels ominous. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so yeah, that's that's um, that's the other you lucky that's dog. Something. Uh, which I don't know if it would be better than this Kirk Cameron thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard. It's a hard line to walk. Uh, oh, the other thing I want to talk about is that I I don't know if this was, as we know, this was the last secular film he made. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this was his already becoming a Christian influence or what. But there's like this weirdly old school. I'm gonna say in a bad way vibe to. Um, the setting up the romance between Kirk Cameron's character and his love interest, the lawyer character mm-hmm. where like she has a daughter and it's like, she doesn't, they, she doesn't have a man in a house and that's literally all they need to suggest why they should be together. Yeah. <laughs> like the sole reason they have for being together is that she doesn't have a man in the house and obviously she needs one. Mm-hmm. And it, in a way that it feels like, like they super put that foot forward. Like there's literally a scene where, um, the, uh, the little girl wants to adopt a dog but she's like, we can't. We don't have a man in the house. And then Kirk Cameron's watching. He's like, oh, they don't have a man in the house. He literally turns to the camera as it's an aside. Fucking crazy. And says that. Yeah. And it really, at that point, I went, oh, this film does not care. <laughs> yeah. It really just gave up here. Yeah, this is buck wild. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny to me because like I can feel all the influence of the other Disney elements. Mm-hmm. Like, like as I said before, man acting as a dog. That's yes. a very big, yeah. that shows up in Disney things. The, even the villains, their, their villainy is very much like, um, uh, uh, the two henchmen from 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. They're it doofuses. Does, it also does get sort of dark. They try, they're trying to kill the dog. Yeah. And then there's a weird scene at the end where one of the villains just pulls a gun on them in a courthouse, in a courthouse. And it yeah. just gets like weirdly way too real in that moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, and also I hated that moment because the dog knocks the gun out of his hands and oh, they yeah, have the, the worst thing they do. They have the worst gun sound effect, yeah. by the way. And then they act as if the dog was shot. Yes. And they do the weirdest fucking fake out where they make you think the dog was shot. Yeah. And the dog is lying on the ground. And yeah. and I, I was like, this is so fucking dumb. Yeah. And then there's just, a, I think the, the lawyer character, she throws off a line like, Oh, they just grazed his ear. Yeah. No, I think I think Kirk Cameron says, as the dog, they just grazed my ear. <laughs> I think it's that bad. It's, someone just says it. Yeah. And it's so weird. Yeah. It's so... It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, this was also... So there was the Disney Channel original movie, and then there was a, a different branding before that that I can't remember. Well... This was one of the first officially branded Disney Channel original movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I mean, all that I can think of is on ABC they had the wonderful, one. they had wonderful world of of Disney Sunday night movie or something that they called it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually look. But those, that was generally on ABC and not on um, the yeah. Disney Channel because I think that was pre Disney Channel mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, D- DCOM. Uh, this was one of the because fir- I remember one of the ones that I always remember is that. Um, Suzy Q, which is one that I really enjoy, sure. is not technically a Disney Channel original movie. Mm-hmm. Disney Channel Premiere Films oh, okay. was the previous title. Hmm. Um, the last Disney Channel Premiere film was, let me just get that, Suzy Q, I'm seeing it there, Northern Lights, The Paper Brigade, another favorite of mine, technically a Disney Channel Premiere film. Hmm. And then I think this is, I think this might be the, oh no, Under Wraps was the first one. This was the second <laughs> officially branded Disney Channel. I've heard a lot movie. about Under Wraps. Under Wraps is a fucking banger. That one's a classic. <laughs> 
That's the one where it's Harry and the Hendersons, but with a mummy instead of a Bigfoot. Oh, that sounds great. It's great. That sounds fantastic. And then the third Disney Channel originally film was Brink. I, th- I would say generally regarded as one of the, if not the best. Yeah. Uh, and Halloween Town right after that, and Xenon. Really, this was like, they kind of purged all the bad shit in this one, because the next three are fucking bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to watch some more DCOMs. I got I to gotta get them up in the mix. You'll find a way. Yeah. You'll find a way to get them in there. I certainly will. Uh, okay, back to the minute. Back to the minute. Um, Dr. Sultanoff. Dr. Sultanoff is an interesting name. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds fake. It sounds like they're, I don't know, maybe this is the joke. Mm. Like it, they're trying to make it sound foreign in three different directions. Mm. Are you amazed that we got through all that and didn't say the name Caesar Milan once? No. Okay. <laughs> it seems correct that we didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, right. So, uh, 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 Mr. Well, I keep forgetting his name. Jason Lionel. Name? Lionel Spalding. Spalding. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Spalding tells Neil to say thank you, and Neil yes, barks in a thank. Classic. Uh, so then, now he has to tell off his kids. Yes. Uh, and it's Brian and Kevin. Kev. Zach. Nope. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> uh, and he's telling him off, and he says, "It's Kevin, listener. I'm 99% sure it's Kevin, but I'm not 100% sure. So don't don't tell Andrew if I was wrong." So they uh, they say they were aiming for Norm, which yeah. which we we agree with. We're, yes. We were there with them. Yeah. So they we they were aiming for Norm. This was this is true. Yeah. Um, and they say that he stole their frisbee. This is a this was an act of vengeance on their part yeah. for a stolen frisbee. Well, then Jason Alexander Alexander clarifies and says with one of my top ten line reads of the film. <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah. No, no. He did not steal your frisbee. He dug your frisbee after it. I don't remember the whole line because it's one word specifically that you know I'm excited about. Well, yeah, he's he says he dug it out of out of the smoked salmon in the breakfast buffet. He says <laughs> yes, he does as say if buffet. it's Phoebe and Ursula's last name and not a buffet, which yeah. is what everyone else calls it. Did, did how how do you think Phoebe spells her last name? That's I mean that's canon. It's we it's it's confirmed somewhere, right? Yes. But I don't know off the top of my head. I, I'm going to say B-O-U-F-E-T. That's interesting. Because I, I always thought that it was spelled like, like, the, buffet. like the food buffet. But pronounced buffet. But I believe it is actually spelled with a Y. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I, I have no idea where I got that information from. And I'm sure I'm sure it's out there. Are you sure it's out there? Yeah. Uh, dug it out. I'm just going to look it up real smoke quick. Smoke salmon. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then this is another uh, a line that you seem to enjoy when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I, Brian is the younger. I don't know. Probably Kevin. <laughs> he, sa- he says, we didn't mean to soak any guests. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like, it's one of those lines that just, it's just, you can't pick out why, but no one would phrase it like that. No one would ever <laughs> phrase it like that. Yeah. Um. So then Jason Alexander. Oh, you are right. B-U-F-F-A-Y. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he goes over and he gets a kitchen knife. But that's a, a that's a different spelling that I would just also pronounce buffet if I saw it written down. Exactly. Not buffet. Exactly. He gets a knife. Yeah. A kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. And he hands it to the younger son. <laughs> this is very alarming. This yeah. goof he does. <laughs> it's, I don't like this, this goof. Shockingly bad parenting. Um, he turns around and yeah. he says, go ahead and just stick that right in my back. Stick that right in there. <laughs> And he says, you know what, Bernard, can I have another knife? Now, Bernard presumably is the chef that's over there. Yeah. I do see that he looks over 
but he doesn't, it's not like he's going to go along with this goof. He yeah. knows this is a bad goof. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'll let you have the one knife. Come on, get this goof out of your system. Yeah. He just looks over, does not reach for to hand him another knife. <laughs> yeah. He says. Um, Correctly. So. He, yeah. He says, you might as well start carving now. Yeah. <laughs> now. Now, even from the weird, like, just like encouraging your kids to think about physical danger in that way is like, like giving them a knife. And yeah. like, that's weird. Mm. But even beyond that, just like. The idea of accusing your children of stabbing you in the back yeah. is just so, such a weird framing to put in your kids' heads. Well, I even think the way he phrases it, start carving. Yeah. Carving is, I wouldn't think when you stab someone in the back that that's a carve action. carving, yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, um, when we're recording now, it is Halloween time, so there are pumpkins being carved. Yes. If I, if I put a face on a pumpkin and turned it around and carved another face on the back, I wouldn't think I was stabbing it in the back. <laughs> I would think I'm carving it. Carving That's and stabbing a weird is weird way to frame this discussion, but okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking carving and stabbing are so different. This is true. The way that he says it, might as well start carving. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really strange. Yeah. Um. So then he's 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 kind of reading them the right act. Yeah. Uh, he's telling them uh, that if they do anything yeah. to foul up the crystal ball, foul up very much feels like he's not saying fuck up because he's talking to his kids. Mm-hmm. Foul very much feels like a su- substitution for fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then is this, this is the first mention of the crystal ball, correct? I think so. Yeah. Uh, which at this point, it, crystal ball, those two words together in our Don't minds, conjure up the idea of a, of a ball like of, somewhere where you go dance. Yeah. Like a yeah. dance and food event. It, yeah, it, it conjures, conjures up the idea. You wish looking at the crystal ball. <laughs> exactly. See the future. Yeah. So that's a, this is already weird. <laughs> number one. Yeah. And then he says, I'll be skewered, roasted. That's the end of the minute. That's the end of the minute. Uh, I, you know, I I think I've never caught that they say crystal ball here before. Yeah. Because it's just such an odd thing. It's it's scary that he gives his His child a knife. knife. Yeah. Uh, It's this minute's wild. This is a buck wild minute. Yeah. So I'm glad you you paired it with you. A buck wild film. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Shall I announce my choice. I'm very excited because I don't know. This For is, minute this eight. Is a, the, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in as much suspense as the audience is. Yeah. I, well, I've, I've turned it over in my brain, mm-hmm. but I believe minute eight should be paired with the feature film. Here we go. Joe Dirt. Oh! <laughs> the big reaction was nice. That feels, that feels like an Emily pick, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like our picks have different energies. Yeah, and I, that definitely that pick had Emily energy. I, you know, sometimes we got to feed off of each other's energy. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's gonna work. Very so minute eight, Joe Dirt. Yeah, Joe uh, Dirt is one of those movies that I watch a ton, and that like there are things that I say that mm. are there are lines from Joe Dirt. Okay, because it's just it's a movie that seeped into my brain at a very young age. Now, does that mean I think it's good or I like it? No. I don't know how I'm going to feel about yeah, Joe Dirt. I think Dirt we're going to have some adult. trouble is the thing. I think there's probably going to be for sure some problematic elements to Joe Dirt. Yeah. But um, I will tell you, that that is a movie that affected me a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, plugs? Plug it up and we go do some plugs. You got to find out the different shows that we're on. I you like to, my new plug theme song? Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I might clip that and just throw it in every episode <laughs> now. Uh, I do another show with Justin Kuzan called Nothing New, a remake podcast, where every month... We uh, look at a, a remake and the film that it's kind of based on. Uh, so check that out. Our most recent one, I think, at this point is uh, Halloween and Halloween. Can I do the Halloween song? Dun, 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 dun. No, that's not it. What was that? <laughs> See, that I, I tried to do it in my head and I couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. No, that's no, not it either. That's what I was doing. I we So we compared the 1970. 
Wait, this is an version and the 2007 version. Quote unquote iconic version. Uh Iconic song, rather. Yeah. How come neither of us can get it? We're in the Dunstan zone. We can't can't escape it. We have to stay within Dunstan music. Picturing that internet video of the Michael Myers display at the store playing the song and the little girl is just fucking dancing to it. And uh, I can't. I can't make. It, I can't make it come out of my mouth. Yeah. The song. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, I do another podcast called "It's on My List," uh, where that's also monthly, and it's myself and five others. Let's do yourself uh, and you. Myself and me. <laughs> Trying to do the reverse of me, me, myself, and I. <laughs> you, yourself, and you. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, but every month we we talk. We pick one film that is what people say. It's on my list. It's something that you should watch, or people tell you to watch. And we tell you if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our um, October release is The Shining. Wow. Oh. Uh, Have you seen the film? I had seen it before. You're one of the ones who has seen it. Yes. It wasn't on your list. It wasn't on my list. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was fun to revisit it and get into all the um, the conspiracy things mm-hmm. about it. Uh, and you can find that at itsonmylistpod.com. And what else do I do? I have an Instagram and a Twitter, at podcasterandrew. And what else should you do? You should check out our Patreon. Patreon busted free. Patreon.com slash Dunstan. I'm pretty sure. It's in the links. You'll find Nobody it. Nobody cared about the goddamn inquiry. I'm bringing it back. It's your turn. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at Very Cool Emily. I stream thrice weekly, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then either Saturday or Sunday. It was supposed to be set on Saturday, but then I've been busy Saturdays, so who knows? Um. Yeah, check that out on Twitch TV, Twitch.tv slash Very Cool Emily. Uh, I, you know, life's hard. What's our email? Bernstein no. Charks no. Dune. Oh come on! It's Bernstein Charks Dune for sure. Well, good be- luck everyone. <laughs> I believe it is Dunstan at Gmail dot com. And on Twitter at Majestic Hotel NY. Yes, and on Instagram at Dunstan Checks Good. Uh, and what's your review challenge for Apple Podcasts this this time? You should first of all, you should rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and then um, do a food recipe. <laughs> the text of the review should just be a food recipe. Doesn't matter for what you can copy. You can copy and paste it off the internet if you want. I guess you should like attribute it if that's the case. It can just be what your 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 old your old mama's <laughs> favorite recipe. <laughs> Okay. Just any recipe. It could be a nonsense recipe. Mm-hmm. Just any recipe. That's got to be the text of the review. Sounds good. And five stars, please. Uh, and the title of the review should be, This show makes me good as feel <laughs> as this food makes my mouth. And yes, that's how I want that word for word. So to repeat, this show... Is that good? No. Oh, okay. This show makes <laughs> this show makes my ears as good as feel as <laughs> this food does my mouth. I'm sorry I'm like this. I guess until next week. I swear to God, one of you had better do that. Until next week. I'm sick and tired of me coming up with these great challenges and no one fucking does them. So I had better look in our fucking Apple podcast and see <laughs> this show makes my ears as good as feel as this food does my mouth with a fucking recipe. I'm calling you all out. Until next week, we're checking out. <laughs>
Do you like wrestling? Well, I'm here to tell you about Massive Bud's Wrestling Show. I'm Brendan Creasy, and you may know me from podcasts such as Radio Brendo Man, Popsicles, and MBWS in its former names. But we're still here, and now we're Massive Bud's Wrestling Show. My friend Keith Gomez and I talk about the latest in WWE, Southern California indie wrestling, and cannabis. Yeah, that's right. I said cannabis. Check us out. Massive Buds Wrestling Show, mbwspod.com, or benviewnetwork.com, and of course on Apple Podcasts and all podcast services. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at benviewnetwork.com.